Lilius Trotter was a British artist, writer, and visionary. She was born on July 14, 1853 in London, England. Her father, Alexander, was a prosperous stockbroker who provided a sheltered yet happy Victorian home life for his wife Isabella and their combined family of nine children. As a child, Lilius' mother recognized in her a natural ability for capturing beauty through her paintbrush and encouraged her creative development. Their family's privileged lifestyle put them in company with many of the famous artists and writers of their day, Charles Dickens, the Brownings, Rossetti, and most importantly for Lilius, art critic and social philosopher John Ruskin. It's been said that through Lilius's contact with Ruskin, she had the opportunity to become one of England's greatest and most famous artists of her day. Yet for her own convictions, Lilius turned away from this opportunity and followed a path that assured her of obscurity and promised no certain success. If not for the efforts of researcher Miriam Rockness, who spent over 30 years investigating Lilius's life, this revolutionary artist and contemplative would have been lost to history. It's in gratitude for the work of Miriam Rockness and the documentary film Many Beautiful Things that I'm able to share this brief artist profile on the life of Lilius Trotter. In 1876, Lilius accompanied her mother on a trip to Venice. When they checked into the hotel, her mother discovered the famous John Ruskin had also checked into this same hotel. Isabella determined to write a note to Mr. Ruskin, accompanied by several of Lilius's watercolors, asking if he would take a look at her art and offer any advice. Unbeknownst to her, this simple request would lead to an unexpected and lifelong friendship between John Ruskin and Lilius Trotter. Ruskin saw in Lilius's watercolors a rare talent and was so moved by her work, he invited her to study with him when they returned to England. Lilius's talent challenged Ruskin's views on the ability of women in art. Before meeting her, he confessed to have thought women could only play minor roles in art making, but for Lilius, he was convinced that if she would allow him to cultivate her natural abilities, he would make her one of England's greatest living artists. Alongside of her passion for art, Lilius had a growing spiritual conviction to take care of the poor and underprivileged citizens in London. She spent time with prostitutes, helping to get them off the streets and into better living conditions. But her divided attention became a concern to Ruskin, who had then committed himself to making her into an immortal artist. He complained to her that the amount of time she was spending in ministry was negatively affecting the development of her art. He told her if she was to become the great artist which he had seen in her, she would have to give herself up solely to developing her skill as a painter. Without a doubt, John Ruskin had the power and influence to launch Lilius into a successful career as an artist, but she wasn't prepared to sacrifice her ministering to the poor for the sake of her art. This became a terrible dilemma for Lilius, who for a time was unsure what path to take. How could she choose between these passions that both held such meaning for her? Understandably, she deliberated, unsure of what was to be her chosen path. But finally, she determined, I see clear as daylight now. I cannot give myself to painting in the way he means and continue to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Lilius determined to turn down Ruskin's offer to disciple her in the arts.
Her family and friends were appalled at this decision. Some were deeply disappointed and concerned for her. And though I'm careful not to judge another person's decision in following the path of inner convictions, I can't help but feel a similar knot in my stomach when I think of her choice, of what it cost and what she gave away. Museums today feature many works by the disciples of John Ruskin, while Lilius's works are rarely seen among them and her name remains relatively obscure. The drive for greatness is deeply embedded in the human heart. And perhaps it's the artist who most acutely feels the pull to become great or to leave behind a legacy of great works. But who is to say what true greatness is? The master artist Van Gogh himself asserted that there is nothing genuinely more artistic than to love people. Perhaps Lilius achieved greatness by denying the human striving to become great herself. So Lilius turned her back on a life of assured fame, wealth, and notoriety. She chose against intense pressure and forfeited an opportunity so many artists would have coveted. She left all that was familiar and followed what she sensed as the leading of God. From a purely natural perspective, it couldn't have possibly made sense. But then again, the call of God rarely does. Lilius maintained her friendship with John, but she began to pursue the path of vocational ministry. In 1887, she experienced a distinct call from God to go and work among the Arabic people of North Africa. She applied to be a missionary stationed in Algeria, but was turned down for reasons of inadequate health. Instead of giving up on the idea, she used her own resources and in 1888 took herself to Algeria accompanied by two of her female friends. She knew no one in the country. She couldn't speak Arabic and had no support from a mission or organization. Yet for the next 40 years of her life, Lilius lived among the North Africans and ventured deep into the Sahara Desert sharing the love of God. She visited areas that had never been visited by a European woman before and did things that went far beyond the cultural norms for any single woman of her day. She traded the comfortable Victorian life she grew up in to living in a small flat in the slums. Rather than being served as she was accustomed to in the West End, she gave herself to serving those around her. Lilius made connections with the Algerian women and children of the city and became intricately involved in their daily lives. She pioneered new methods of missional work that went beyond conversion tactics, and she simply resolved to love the people. The women there began to say, no one ever loved us like this. Eventually, Lilius made her way deep into the Sahara Desert, where she met with a group of Sufi mystics. The Sufis are a mystical branch of Islam that focuses on pursuing an experiential union with God. When Lilius encountered these desert seekers and heard the stories of their pursuit of the Beloved's presence, she felt they were true seekers of God. The Sufis listened to the stories of her faith and extended to her an unprecedented invitation into their brotherhood. She developed what the biography A Passion for the Impossible calls a special bond with the Sufis. The book tells us the artist in her responded to the artist in the Sufis. 
their great writers of old being as much poets as philosophers. Lilius respected the Sufis' pursuit of God and saw herself as being there to learn from them even as they would learn from her. Rather than focusing on theological differences, she found common ground in their mutual hunger for the Spirit and offered Christ to them as a bridge to the union with God they so earnestly sought. Toward the end of her life, Lilius wrote what some consider as her magnum opus, a book penned specifically for the Sufi Brotherhood called The Way of the Sevenfold Secret. In this writing, Lilius responds to the Sufi practice of their seven spiritual states. This practice is a succession of rigorous disciplines through which a Sufi mystic strives to attain union with God. Lilius offers in her writing an alternative path to union with God based around the seven I Ams Jesus spoke of himself in John's Gospel. Each of her secrets explores the seven longings of the Sufi mystic, satisfaction, illumination, access, leadership, eternal life, and ultimate flourishing. Throughout her life in the desert, John Ruskin never ceased to correspond with Lilius. He never ceased to remind her of her art, and though he was some twenty-plus years her senior, his letters indicate that he had hoped for their relationship to blossom beyond teacher and student. But this hope was never realized, and John Ruskin died on January 20, 1900, while Lilius continued her work in Algeria. From the perspective of those she left behind in England, it could have appeared Lilius threw her life away with no traceable results from her forty years of devotion. She had envisioned a visible church for Algeria, but never saw it come to pass. She experienced betrayals and abandonment from those whom she had trusted and spent her life upon. She faced intense bouts with the pervading darkness of the region, opposing groups, and with her own heart's doubts and fears. Yet she concluded, it is out of a low place that one can best believe. Her faith carried her through physical weakness, through adversity and struggle. Through it all, she maintained her commitment with joy and continued her work as an artist on the pages of her private journals. Her private journals tell of encounters with the voice of God through dreams, through nature, and through highlighted scriptures that encouraged her forward though circumstances and her own weakened health posed increasing challenges. Lilius Trotter may have forsaken a life of art, but in so many ways, her life became a work of art. She died in 1928 at the age of 75, surrounded by close friends. The documentary, Many Beautiful Things, recounts these final moments of her life. I'll quote the film here. At her deathbed, her friends gathered around, and they sang together, Jesus, lover of my soul, her favorite song. And when she looked out the window, she said, a chariot and six horses. And someone said, are you seeing beautiful things? And she said, yes, many many beautiful things. I'll leave you with a quote from Lilius herself. Oh, how good it is that I have been sent here to see such beauty. There is a peculiar loveliness about the art of saints and a peculiar joy, for the artist, more than other men, has the power in forgetting himself in what he sees.
Thank you so much for listening to the Makers and Mystics Artist Profile Series. Be sure to see the show notes of this episode for resources for further study on the life of Lilius Trotter. And visit our website for more episodes at makersandmystics.com.